Super Bowl 50 champion, Broncos team captain, led the team in tackles in 2016, 2018, 2019, over 500 career tackles. I'm talking about the new co-host of the DNVR Broncos show, Todd Davis. <laughs> Let's go! Yes, yes, I'm here. I'm excited. Can we start the show off like that every week? And, and, and every single, you know what? We'll just start every segment like that. I think that, that sounds good. That, that, that sounds breaks? good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, Todd. I mean, I know everyone here typically, not to spoil anything, we typically don't have like a live studio audience where everyone from upstairs comes down here. Just shows how pumped they are. You saw it on Twitter earlier today with just how pumped people are to have you on this show. And I know Hank and I are just so excited because we think we know ball, but... <laughs> As you can kind of tell, neither of us have played football in the <laughs> NFL. So we, we just can't wait for everything that, that you bring, not only uh, as a former player and, and analyst like you've been in the past few years, but also just a great dude. Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Um, like you said, Twitter gave me a lot of love. Instagram, there was a lot of love from the, the fans out there. So I'm excited to be here. Uh, we're going to put together some great shows for you, and we're going to have a lot of fun doing it, too. We're going to have so much fun. And... Uh, one of the things I didn't mention in all of that, Todd, you played for Sean Payton. You mm -hmm. played for Vance Joseph. Those are the two most prominent coaches on this Broncos <laughs> coaching staff right now. So, I mean, just talk about unbelievable cherries on top. And we're going to get in to what you think of Sean, what you think of Vance. And to be honest, I don't know. I haven't asked you yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited to see what you think about those guys. Um, but first, let, let's just talk about, you know, I mentioned Broncos team captain, part of a Super Bowl team, led the team in tackles three different years. You came in in 2014 to the NFL. Let, let's just go through some of these career highlights. Um, and because you were undrafted coming out of college, when did you realize that, shit, I'm going to make the NFL? You know, it was tough. I had a, like a, a long story to get to the NFL. So really when I was picked up by the Saints, um, they had me in number 95 jersey. Like they're not <laughs> expecting me to make the team. Um, and I really go there and impress uh, Joe Vitt, who's actually with the Broncos now mm -hmm. as well. Um, and he kind of pulled me aside. He was like, I didn't, we didn't expect you to do this, um, but you go home and train and we'll find a spot for you. Like they literally brought me out there to train and I had no spot. Wow. But I worked hard enough to earn myself a spot. Um, and sure, sure enough, like... The day before the team left for training camp, he called me like, we found a spot for you. Come on. And I think the rest is history as far as the Saints. Uh, come to the Broncos in 2014. And I felt like my career just took off from there. Like, that's where I felt like I found my footing. Did you know that there was uh, a little controversy with you leaving the Saints? Yeah, I did. I did. I heard about that. <laughs> Sean's been involved in some controversies <laughs> with the NFL. One or two. And, one or two. Uh, and, and Todd Davis's name is one of those. <laughs> yeah. uh, but how much did you know? But, and, and Henry, you actually kind of know the details, too. Yeah. I mean, so basically, so, so they waived you, tried to get you a practice squad, right? Mm -hmm. Broncos come in, try to claim you. But you were still in the team facility? Yeah, so I had been waived about three times throughout the season because mm -hmm. we kept losing running backs. So they would waive me and then activate me again like Friday. So one time they waived me, but I had done it so many times. I stayed in the facility. Mm -hmm. I still went to the <laughs> meetings, which you're not supposed to do, of course. No um, so I'm sitting in the meeting, and all of a sudden, somebody runs in and grabs my linebacker coach, and they both sprint <laughs> out. And I usually turn my phone off in meeting, but something told me, like, turn, my, turn your phone on. So I turned it on. I had, like, 10 missed calls from a 720 number. And at the time, I don't know where mm -hmm. that is. Yep, I'm like, yep, what the yep. heck is this? <laughs> 
lo and behold, they come and get me. They're like, man, you got picked up. We didn't want to we didn't want to let you go. They're like, if you could stay, would you stay? Of course, I'm like, yes. But <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> the Saints, we had lost already like six games by then. The Broncos were on their way to the playoffs. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Like, it's time to go. So I was excited. But it was a crazy story. Man, that that is wild. I, I don't know of any player that's stayed in a building when they're not part of the team. But it makes sense. And, and you're like. This is where I'm at right now. I don't, I don't want to leave right now. Exactly. Uh, but just so funny that Sean's involved in a lot. I mean, he's he's admitted it this offseason that he's been involved in mm-hmm. in many things with the NFL. Roger Goodell may not be the biggest fan of him. And <laughs> see your name pop up. And one of those is so funny. And like you're talking about, you joined the Broncos at the end of the 2014 season and were part of the Super Bowl team. Yeah, um, that first year uh, was great. It was, a, it was a whirlwind for me because within my first week of being here, um, I think Danny got hurt and I was starting uh, my second week being here. So um, I started like the last season game and then that first game against the Colts, I started. So I definitely got thrown into deep waters as soon as I got here. Um, and then of course, 2015, um, started two games that year and then went on to win the Super Bowl. I uh, was a Super Bowl captain with D. Ware and rest in peace, uh, Demarius Thomas. Um, but it's an over, overall great experience here, and I'm excited to keep keep this ball rolling. Man, mm-hmm. we're, we're so pumped that you're here. And one of the coolest things is when you see an undrafted guy, a guy that you know wasn't on the team until the summer of his rookie season, then go out, be on a Super Bowl team, but then become a starter, become a captain, get the big contract. Those are the guys that, that everyone mm-hmm roots for and so for you to do that is so cool and then uh, you stayed in denver you're not from colorado you're not from denver why'd you stay here i love it here i'm not moving anytime soon there we go Um, that's what we like to hear i think denver is the best place to be you know being from california you think Mm -hmm. nothing is better than california you know anything outside of uh, nevada is all the east coast you know so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but once i moved here i just you know realized how great of a city it was uh, how many days of sunshine we get Uh, my kids were born here Uh, my wife sells real estate here i think it's just a perfect fit and i wouldn't be anywhere else i love it well you went to sacramento state too sure did So, so i i'm from montana i went to montana Ooh. I'm not like a huge fan of Sacramento State. <laughs> it is nice to have another Big Sky guy here, though. Yeah, Big Sky all the way. Yeah, I like that. I think Montana, since we brought it up, they yep. cheat 24-7. Yeah. So uh, I mean, just want to throw that out here while busted. I'm here. That's when they got busted. <laughs> Hank, what is it with you and Broncos inside linebackers? Alex Singleton, who is a Montana State mm-hmm. guy, uh-huh. he goes back and forth with, with Hank. And uh, I, Hank just likes pushing your guys' buttons. I think so. Montana State, you know, that's their rival. So he yep. understands the cheating. He understands, <laughs> you know, what goes on in those they Montana games. cheating. So they don't <laughs> cheat anymore. That's the only reason. <laughs> uh, Do you think Bill Belichick? check stop cheating oh boy um yeah that just to draw yeah, some parallels that's fair, yeah. that's fair. okay <laughs> you get away with it it's not cheating <laughs> um todd i'm not worried about you leaving denver i am worried about you maybe just leaving us and playing for the broncos i was worried if you're gonna slim out I'm thinking if you're gonna slim out you didn't at all no i like to stay in shape man i want to stay stay ready not not that i'm gonna play again but um i think that it's important to always look good and even feel good i think uh, no, no wife wants her husband to get sloppy. <laughs> so I'm trying to stay in shape for mine. <laughs> well, definitely, definitely are. Um, and uh, speaking of of retirement, you retired I think three days 
after you signed with the Giants, what was that? Did you just get in the facility? You're like, nope. Or was it was it clear? Or how did how did that come about? You know, there was a lot of with me going in uh, to the Giants, and they wanted me to try out. And I feel like after all the things I've done, I felt like I should have earned a spot. Um, and then once I got there, the contract they presented me, you know, was less than what I wanted to make. And I felt like 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 I said, like you had said, mm-hmm. I was undrafted free agent. I worked yeah. a long time to get the second contract. They wanted to pay me a lot less, but they wanted me to do the same job. They wanted me to be a team leader. They wanted me to go in there and start for them. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I've worked too hard to be at this point. Yeah. And for me, football was always a jump start to life, not the end of my life. Mm. So I'm like, maybe it's time to, you know, transition into on other avenues within, you know, my, my second half of life, I guess. What, what's it like to sign that second contract? Because, I mean, the second contract's the big one. Yeah, that's the, it's great. I mean, everybody's there from, you know, the GM mm-hmm. to the president to your family. Um, and you kind of know that putting your name on this dotted line, although it's not all guaranteed, mm-hmm. uh, you're changing your family's life. Mm-hmm. So it was really a great, great moment for me and my family. And I think that, um, yeah, I think it's changed the course of my family. It's kind of created gener- generational wealth with my my kids, and it's my job to kind of make more. Man, and I remember covering your press conference in, in the Broncos' old press conference room when, when you signed that deal, um, which that room is now a uh, uh, game room for players, mm. the former press conference room. Um, and uh, Nathaniel Hackett did that last year, and I don't know if anyone used the game room, so uh, maybe Sean's taken mm-hmm. that away. Um, but you talked about past few years, wanting to do something else with your life. Um, what, what have you been doing? Because I think a lot of, a lot of Broncos mm-hmm. fans know um, they've, been, they've watched you on the Broncos post-game shows and stuff. But just tell us what, what these past, what's been two years since you've retired? Yep, two years. So, you know, I've done the Broncos post-game show, like you said. Um, and I've also started a real estate development firm here, here in Denver. Mm. Um, real estate was always my passion. I thought, since I'm here, I want to make Denver the greatest, most beautiful city that I can. Um, I know most Coloradians don't want any more people moving here, but um, I'm, I'm building, you know, homes for people, whether it's low income or middle income housing, as well as spec developments um, and custom homes. So I'm having a fun time doing it. Well, you know, people are going to move here regardless of if you're doing that. So smart to smart to give people a place to live. Yes, it's a passion. It's, it's been going good. Yeah. Um, and we, we have some people in the comment section saying why DNVR and kind of giving our perspective on why we wanted you and um, Todd just to give some insight, you were the first player that came to our mind. And so we reached out. And I mean, this happened within a week. It all came together because it was a no-brainer on our end. I think it must have been close to a no-brainer on your end as well. And a big reason for that is we've seen you doing the media uh, hits with different organizations with the Broncos. Big fan of your work. And then also, um, Todd, I obviously covered you when Mm -hmm. you were with the Broncos for... It was six years that you were there. I think I was covering you for the last four years of your career. And Todd is just was the nicest guy, the most humble guy. Um, My go to not for scoops, but my go to for understanding what's going on uh, in a game or what happened here. How are you game planning for this? And Todd just knows X's and O's like any football player. But then as a captain as well and being that trusted guy for Vance Joseph and, and for Vic Fangio as well so it was really just a no-brainer from DNVR standpoint well perfect thank you like I said um I think DNVR is really the voice of the people mm-hmm. and um I think you guys are the best in Colorado 
um, that do media. So I wanted to be a part. If I'm going to do something, I want to be a part of the best. Hell so yeah. I would be yeah. nowhere else uh, but here. Hell yeah. I love it. And we have an awesome vision for what this show is going to look like. And again, some of the insight that you're only going to find here is Sean Payton. Vance Joseph, a guy that's played for both of them. I want your insight on these guys, what they bring to the Broncos, but I first got to tell you about our friends over at AG1. AG1, I mean, look at Todd. You know he's taking AG1. Look at me. <laughs> I'm even taking AG1. AG1 actually sent some awesome yeah. swag. I mean, we got the hoodies, we got some bags, um, and we talk about how the best way to blend AG1 is with the uh, little frothers. Shaker and, uh, more than frother, probably. No, it came with the frother. Oh, really? They sent me a frother. frother. Yeah, you got to look. It's it's in the big box. Huh. You haven't opened yours, have you? Classic. I picked hand. it up this morning. I had to go to the gym, and it was tough because of my toe. I was focused on taping that up, and then oh, I didn't know. Of course, open he brings it. it up before even going to pass. He's he broke two of his toes. Mm. So I've he, been a little he, fussy. He's showing Todd how strong he is. You know, fighting through this toe injury. Have you ever broken a toe? I have. Really? Playing football in the house. Oh. I was playing football in the house, and I turned the corner, but. My right toe oh. didn't make it oh. and just went straight into the corner, oh. and that pinky toe was broken. Um, I couldn't walk for You're doing better than me because I had a boot on. <laughs> Thank you. So I commend you Thank for you. your uh, your bravery. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> Everybody says I'm whining too much and talking about too much. I appreciate that. Well, are I, they broken for sure, you yeah. think? Yeah. No, okay. I went, my girlfriend made me go to the doctor, but but they can't really do anything for uh, Yeah, there's Yeah, they yeah. just have to heal So you just pay own. like 100 bucks, and the guy says, like, oh, looks like your foot hurts. It's like, sure does. Yeah, right on that. <laughs> Glad I came in. <laughs> but AG1 might be able to help your foot heal. Maybe that's the only Maybe. answer is a little AG1 because it's going to help with so many things because it gives you the vitamins, probiotics, minerals, everything you need to get your day started right. And if you want to get one free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs, check out our friends over at a drinkag1.com slash Broncos. That's drinkag1.com slash Broncos. And also, tomorrow, we're headed out to Spirit Hound. Mm. They've got, like, a, a spot up in Rhino, I think it is. I think it's Rhino. Yep. Um, and we're going to be out there tasting all of their spirits, which I'm really excited about. So, like, right after practice, I'm going to head over there before I get to write. So... You know, loosen myself up a little bit so I'm all oh, ready to get boy. all the observations so out. Definitely stay tuned to the yeah. Read that one for, for sure. those observations. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's an awesome company. They're based in Lyons, Colorado, um, and they have award winning whiskey. They're the 2022 Whiskey of the Year. They won the London Spirits Competition. Um, Spirit Hound sniffs out the finest ingredients available for their whiskey, their gin, their vodka from all across the state. And if you go up to Lions, you can actually bring your own juniper berries in, which is what gin is made out of. They'll give you a free cocktail for them. Uh, so if you're not around, you can also pick up Spirit Hound products in 40 different states. Uh, so definitely go check them out. You can go to spirithounds.com for availability and details on how and where to buy. All right, Todd, we've heard so many stories of Sean Payton's time with the Saints, the type of guy he is, the type of coach he is the type of winner he is and what he brings to a building. Sean Payton was the first coach you had in the NFL. It, tell us what the, what the environment was like. Uh, it was a good environment. I feel like he's a, uh, you know, no-nonsense kind of guy. Um, he's going to make sure everybody knows their job and, uh, and works hard. But he's also the kind of guy that's going to uh, get on you if you're not doing your job. Uh, we had one guy that was continuously late. <laughs> <laughs> he was late. <laughs> 
Uh, he was like a third round draft pick, but was late almost every day. Huh. And finally, I think Sean Payton had enough and and came in the locker room and told him he was like, "You're done. Get out of here." And started grabbing his stuff and was like, started throwing it out like, "That's enough. You're gone." Sure enough, the guy was cut, uh, never to play for them again. But he's gonna tell you the rules, and if you don't follow him, you might want to find somewhere else to go. And I mean, just playing along, that one of the things that people say about Sean Payton, and we've seen it too, is, and he says it. It doesn't matter how you got here, whether you're a first-round pick, whether you're a $20 million guy. When you're in the building, I'm going to play the best person out there, whether it's an undrafted guy from Sacramento State, whether it's a first-round pick. Whoever's best is going to play, is that something that when you're a player that you actually noticed? Yeah, I think so, um, because I was given uh, opportunities to really show what I could do um, and even was able to play a little bit, and I was undrafted. And the same year... They had drafted, I think, two linebackers and then had somebody come early in free agency that they, you know, really gave some money to. Um, but he also he always wanted the best players to play. And that's what I give him credit for is he's going to give you a shot. Now, what you do with that shot, that's on you. Oh, it's just so crazy is that just seems like from an outside perspective, a smart thing mm-hmm. a, a, like that, that's common sense. Yet so many coaches don't do mm-hmm. that. So it is refreshing to hear that Sean not only does it, but I mean, really does it. And you've seen it. And he also rotates so many people into the game especially offensively, he's always leading the NFL and like different personnel groupings, all the different tight ends, all the different receivers he uses. Do you, do you notice that as a player too? For sure. I think that's one of his strength is, strengths is that he only asks you to do what you're good at. So if somebody else does a better job, like a tight end, mm-hmm. if one's a good pass receiving tight end, he's going to leave him in on the pass downs. Mm-hmm. If somebody's a better run blocker, that's when the new personnel comes in. He's going to allow him to run block. Um, and not ask you to do two jobs if, you're, if that's not your strength. So I think that's where he plays into his personnel. I think any, any offense is good if you know how to use the personnel you have. You can't bring every playbook to every locker room and expect guys to execute. You have to be able to know how to change your playbook based off the guys you have in the room, and I'll give him credit. That's one thing he knows how to do. Man, common sense football. Again, because, I mean, we talk about it. We see Greg Dolce, especially a guy like Alberto over the past couple of years, where you see some of the coaches on the Broncos staff in the past few years talk about Alberto like, well, he's got to learn to be a better blocker until we get him out there. And it's like, he might not ever be a good blocker, but he's he's a weapon that you can use on offense. But if you're going to make him block, then you're just never going to be able to use that. And we're kind of seeing that with Greg Dulcich, especially with Tim Patrick out, which I definitely want your thoughts on that. But with Tim Patrick out, maybe Greg Dulcich can slide in that Tim Patrick role a little bit. And it's just so refreshing that Sean is just going to use guys to their strengths. Yeah, and, you, would, you would think that's what everybody does. Yeah, but yeah. so many times, more times than not, they don't. Yeah. Guys walk in here with a playbook, um, like Coach Hackett. I feel like he walked in here maybe with mm-hmm. a playbook yeah. and not necessarily read the room. Yep, yep, yeah. uh, 100%. How much, how much you notice on the defensive side? Because we know he's so focused on the offense and how all that's going to work. Does the defensive coordinator under Sean Payton also have to kind of follow those same principles? Yeah, um, definitely. I believe I had uh, Ryan, one of the Ryan brothers, as my okay. defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And I think we had... 15 different packages. I was the bat, the Badger package. Okay. Uh, so I would come in on, um, you know, rundowns, or if it was like a heavy package at the other team, they would. I was the Badger. But every single person had their own animal, and it kind of rotated based off of personnel. So I think it kind of follows the same trend as, like, put guys in who can do 
the the job you need for that play and then for the next play we get the next set of guys in who can do that job damn i wish they called it the bam bam package that would have been that would have been, <laughs> if you stayed that there been the best eventually exactly. exactly when you were captain for them then it would have come um can you tell us about that nickname how did, how did that come about bam bam yeah um i actually got it from uh i think my aunt growing up because i reminded her of bam bam on the flintstones mm -hmm. um i was a young kid always tearing stuff up um, hitting people in the ankles, uh, taking out ankles left and right. <laughs> taking out your own toes occasionally. Exactly, exactly. But I just like to, uh, I was rough, I was tough. I just like to have a lot of fun, but physical fun. Sounds like you were meant for football. I think so. I think so. <laughs> um, tell us about Club Dub. Was Club Dub around when you were in New Orleans? Oh, yeah. No, it I don't wasn't. remember Club Dub. Dang. So Sean brought that later in his career. Yeah. So if you haven't heard about it, that's like the... He has like the big light machine with the disco balls and like the big speakers. Yeah. Like, do you remember what those speakers cost? It was like, they're crazy. I think, I think it, were the speakers forty thousand dollars. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And they when the Saints would win, and I know when Emmanuel was there, I know they had clubbed up because he got a video yeah. of it. But that was obviously just a couple of years ago. Um, but when they would win, he would just turn the locker room into like a party. And <laughs> yep. one of the things was he said we travel with this because I want the opposing team to hear us celebrating yep. in their stadium. <laughs> Is that just kind of the kind of the uh, the punch that, that Sean Payton also packs with him? I think so. I'm mad that I didn't get the experience. <laughs> Seriously. Club like, I definitely remember seeing it, like, on E! Snapchat or DeMario mm -hmm. Davis's, yeah. uh, like, Instagram, and it seems like a fun time. Yep. And uh, I think I would be pretty frustrated after a loss hearing that. So right. I think that is, you know, that's another edge to his mental game that he brings. Yep. Everything mm -hmm. is mental with him like he definitely mm. i think you saw from like his original press conference um yep. to early early being on espn wearing an orange tie like it's all mental he wants to play into you know people's mental games so you picked up on that i did i got it <laughs> i got it <laughs> uh vance joseph defensive coordinator for the broncos he was obviously your head coach mm -hmm. when you were here um what what did you think when the broncos hired him because obviously the two years he was here the team itself didn't have a lot of success, but players really, really liked Vance. Now, he wasn't as involved with the defense as he is will be now as the defensive coordinator, but just tell us about playing under Vance. I love Vance. I say Vance is one of my favorite coaches, probably him, Gary Kubiak, and Reggie Herring, who was my linebacker coach. Yeah. Uh, but he's an all-around great guy, and I think for him, I don't think he necessarily got a fair shot the first time around. I mean, you can look at our quarterback situation and see mm -hmm. that's not really a, a true team and a fair, no. a fair shot at being a head coach. So um, I think he's a great defensive coordinator. He's proven. Um, and I think he's going to do a great job. I'm mad that I'm not playing for him. I feel like those are some of my best seasons uh, under him. But, Did you uh, shoot him a text when he was hired here? Yeah, we actually <laughs> talked a, a little bit um, about me maybe potentially coming on Ooh. in an internship role. Um, I turned that down to come here, though. <laughs> All right, uh, so... Uh, yeah, but no, I definitely talked to him still, and he's he's a good guy. Did did you ever have that itch to be a coach? You know, I, I don't know because I feel like I'm very demanding, and I know my coaches have given me a lot of leeway when you can't get something right. I don't know if I can give that same leeway to guys. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because I think I expect a lot out of myself and players. And then coaches work hard in the NFL, man. <sighs> it's a nonstop man. gig. Like, you know, when we get there even through training camp, at six in the morning, coaches have been there. When we leave at eight at night, everybody still there. There was times um, we would come back from games, you know, one, two in the morning, and all the coaches walk in and all the players are leaving. Like, it's a nonstop job. And you guys work your ass off in exactly. training camp. Uh, during the season, you get one day off a week, and even then you guys are coming in to, to do rehab and to get treatment. But the coaches 
There's no days off. No, never a day off. Um, a lot of time away from your family, and they work really hard. So hats off to all the coaches. I don't think I'll be joining you anytime soon. <laughs> you know, we're staying here till 4 a.m. though, just grinding, working on working on oh, our you, podcast. You guys. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. you. No. With us. <laughs> 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 no, I'd say a little bit of a, of a better work-life balance yes. really any industry outside of coaching is. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so. Um, and Vance, what, what are you most excited for that he now brings to the defensive side of the ball for this team? You know, I think he's going to be able to use um, his players to their strengths, just like uh, Sean Payton. You know, with me, I think that as a linebacker, it's great because he puts he lets you do a lot of free roaming. Now, there's going to be a lot of a lot of pressure put on Justin Simmons and Kwan Williams. Um, and Pat Sertan, like they're going to have a hard, some hard downs. But as an inside linebacker, you love it because you get to roam around. You get to make a lot of tackles. You make a lot of plays. And But those DBs, he's going to put some pressure on them. And they have a great back end, so I think they'll do a great mm -hmm. job. But you'll see a lot of one-on-one -on -one coverage, a lot of outside men. Those guys will be working. If, if any team in the NFL can handle that, it's this team right here I think with so. Justin Simmons, with Pat Sertan, with Kwan Williams, who yesterday Sean Payton said – is one of the most underrated guys on this team. We made a big play today, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And then you have Damari and, and Caden Stearns and Kareem Jackson. Yeah, you you also played under Vic Fangio here. I did. And and the Broncos have been running a very similar defense ever since that time. So what do you think the big differences are schematically between what Vance Joseph runs and what the Broncos have been running the last few years? You know, I think Vance Joseph is um, a little bit more of a bend but don't break kind of coach huh. than maybe a Vic Fangio. I think Vic Fangio maybe attacks more. I think Vance Joseph is going to let um, the offense kind of create the patterns that they want to create, and then we're going to capitalize maybe in the red zone or we're going to capitalize at the 50-yard line. Like, he picks his times where he wants to capitalize most off of what the offense is doing. Huh. And that's that's going through, like, with blitzes and stuff? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think we, we had a lot of blitz packages, but I think that we played a lot of cover nine, yep. um, which was more zone coverage. It was more it was easier for everybody, harder on the DBs, like I said, mm -hmm. but it's more of a bend, but don't break more than just attack and not let you get any yards. Huh. Mm -hmm. That's good more. stuff. Yeah. No, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. We'll have plenty of time to dig into all this. Yeah, we will. And we will. Uh, what do you think? How good can this Broncos defense be this year? Because when you transition, I mean, for years it was Vance Joseph, it was Vic Fangio, um, and then they tried to transition to the offensive side of the ball with their head coach last year. Obviously the defense was still much better than the offense, but I think Broncos, the, the Broncos are wanting to transition to offense. And when you do that, you're probably going to eventually mm -hmm. take away from the defense, but mm -hmm. you still expect high-level things from this Broncos defense? Or are you, you expecting to see a little fall this year? No, I don't expect any fall off. I think they're uh, building their core group of guys, or they have been for years. So yeah. you got a lot of guys that have been in the true. room and played with each other. And once you have that camaraderie, that's how you really are able um, to have a dominant defense. Mm -hmm. So those guys understand the task and the call. You know, plays may change, but things are really similar between coordinators or, or playbooks. You may, you may have verbs and words change or maybe a few schemes, but those guys understand how to play football and they've been playing at a high level. I don't see them falling off this year. That's going to be huge. It's yeah. going to be huge, especially if the Hope offense can pick it up, which being 32nd in the NFL, <laughs> Anything <it's pretty> easy <laughs> to pick it up. Um, and if you want to pick your day up, what are we talking? It's a Wednesday right now. If you want to pick your day up, check out Illegal Pete's on the way home. The best burritos, the best happy hour until 8 p.m. 
and the best patios out there. They've got the misters as well. I even saw Ryan Green eating an illegal pizza mm-hmm. burrito in the office today, just showing you that we love illegal pizza. Queso is the best. Their margs are the best. So make sure to check out illegal pizza, whether it's Wednesday, whether it's a weekend. Illegal pizza is the spot. And if you want to make that illegal pizza even better, head on over to Kind Love because <laughs> um, they've got a bunch of different products. So they've got dispensaries down in Cherry Creek in North Denver. And if you mention DMVR, you'll actually get an exclusive discount. It's 25% off all Kind Love flour, pre-rolls, and their turbo joint line. Um, you can head on over to kindlove.com to see their whole menu and order online. But those turbo joints are pretty crazy. It's Back like a little uh, toothpick that's made out of uh, like oils something and just mm. you just shove it right in there whether it's a, a joint cigarette cigar anything and uh, help it you have one wow. in your backpack wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. good stuff see todd we're a different type of company was <laughs> <laughs> able to say that wow what does it say it says like two to five times oh yeah there we go see there's a there there's is. the turbo oh, wow. core turbo core, turbo wow. core. Cool pack that yeah. looks that's wow. legit. There you go, Hank. You're about wow. to uh, enter another, another oh, level yeah. right See, now. It says, well, not right now. Uh, it's a, <laughs> it says three times right there. So it's like three times the joint if you just push that right in there. Crazy stuff. Uh, and if you head over to Kind Love, you can pick this up. Like I said, Cherry Creek or North Denver, and you get 25% off if you mention DNVR. Um, and that includes all Kind Love flower pre rolls and their Turbo Joint line. You know what I love about having <laughs> a defensive minded guy on our show? is instead of days like today being disappointed about where the Broncos were at in practice, Mm -hmm. we can be happy about it. The defense was good today Mm -hmm. because all everyone asking is, how was Russell Wilson? How was Mm -hmm. Russell? And understandably so. When Russell Wilson's bad, you get last year. When Russell Wilson's good, you get the first 10 years of his career with the Seattle Seahawks. And today, Probably the worst day of Russell Wilson's training camp so far. And because the Broncos did practice today, we do want to dive into practice a little bit and get Todd's reaction to Russell Wilson, where the offense is at, where everything is at. So we got to start off with how back is Russ? Let's see where Russ was today, how good he was. You hear? Dial it up. Okay, where was Russ? How good was he? Oh, oh man. man, it was a rough day. You know, Ooh. let's ride. You don't want let's ride. Russell no, anymore. no, no. I saw th- I saw Danger Rich Wuss <laughs> pop up the other day, and that was bad. <laughs> do, do, do you think we got the order right though? With like let's ride lowest, Danger Witch. Let's pull that up. Danger Russ. Uh, what is the next best? Oh, there's Unlimited. Oh, Mr. Unlimited. And then just Russell Wilson being the best. I think that's it. I think that's it. Because he doesn't have an alter ego or anything to put at the end. So just him being Russell Wilson is the best. Yeah, that's ideal. I think he was a Hall of Famer his first 10 years in Seattle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. So then you, uh, just like all of us, Mm -hmm. probably loved the deal when they made it to get Russ. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, even though I didn't play for the Broncos anymore, like I still want to see them succeed and do well. Um, so I thought it was a phenomenal trade because mm-hmm. for years, as a defensive player, we we always said, man, if we just had a quarterback, like that's all we <laughs> needed. And I thought that was the missing link to the puzzle. I think that's still uh, undecided. Yeah, you know? it is. I'm, I'm right there with you. How many years was I watching Todd Davis and the Broncos defense and saying, only they had a quarterback yep. and the quarterbacks that that you saw we don't have to name names right now this but, list is too long oh, to go through. man the carousel just yes. kept going and going and for the guys on the defensive side of the ball i mean your back must have hurt from just carrying the team for so <laughs> long and we know we know that 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 it did um and uh, what went wrong with russ last year 
I'll just ask you the biggest question possible. You know, it was a lot of things going wrong, um, whether it was coaching. I think Sean Payton has made it very clear mm-hmm. uh, that the coaching was not up to par. Um, I think it was a lot of a lot of conversations about plays being run or what should we do where I think Sean Payton's going to be like, we're running this, this is what mm-hmm. we're doing. And it's going to take, I think it'll take a little bit of off of Russ's plate and hopefully he can just play more. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, through the first seven days of camp, we necessarily haven't seen the best Russ, but Sean Payton is a, is a, is a mastermind. So I think he may be still messing with people's minds, letting mm-hmm. people, you know, get down on Russ a little more and he'll, he'll maybe turn around. And that's actually exactly what, what not exactly what, but that's kind of what Sean Payton said today because we'll detail just how tough of a practice it was for us in a second. But after practice, Sean was asked about, you know, day seven of camp, do you start getting worried? Where's Russ at? And he kind of did like the, oh, come on, guys. He did like the, the laugh where it's like, oh, no, 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 it's okay. He uh-huh. said, uh, uh, what did he say, whoop? Whoop-dee-doo yeah. or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Like he, big whoop. He, yeah, big, big whoop yeah. is what I think about Russ's struggles right now. He said he's fine. And, Todd, what, what we kind of were talking about in the media, and you can tell me if coaches do this at all or if, you know, media don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, what we were talking about was it kind of seems like Sean is trying to test what Russ can do to know what he can't do. And you're not going to do that week one in a game. You're going to do it in training camp. You're going to do it at the beginning of training camp to see what, not just for a quarterback, but what a wide receiver can do, what a linebacker can do, what a cornerback can do. And so you kind of test their limits and see, can I put him one-on-one against the number one receiver? Mm -hmm. Can I not do that? Is that something that happens at the beginning of training camps? I think so, especially with Sean, because like I was saying earlier, he's only going to let you, he's going to ask you to do what you're good at. So he has to understand what you're Mm -hmm. not good at so he doesn't put you in those situations. So I think he is testing Russ. I think he's testing the entire team right now. Um, And some days are going to be better than others. Some guys are going to have good days on a test day, and then he can write that, you know, write that check mark. Okay, this guy can cover man to man, or this guy, you know, he does better in a in a zone or a cover three. Um, I think he is testing him, and I think when everything's really buttoned up, it'll be when the cameras are away. Mm. You know, when training camp, you know, open practices are closed. I think mm. that's when he'll really dial it in and like put him on his best foot. Yep, that sounds like Sean Payton uh, yep. dealing with the media and not letting us see the tricks. But so everyone can take a big deep breath. Before we get into the details of today, and uh, what was Russ so good at the first 10 years in Seattle? It was moving. Mm -hmm. Whether it was throwing on the run or just taking off and gaining 10, 20 yards at a time, it was the way that he was able to move. What did Nathaniel Hackett try to do with him last year? He said, you're going to be a pocket passer. Mm -hmm. You're going to read all five reads before I let you run. Mm -hmm. It's not what Russell Wilson's good at. And we saw that today, too. Where Russ really struggled again when he was just asked to be in the pocket. When he was put on the move is when we saw his best play of practice. So let's kind of mm-hmm. just break it down. We'll go through uh, how how Russ was today, and it was the very first play of practice. Russ is hanging in the pocket. He tries to throw um, a, a pass to Brandon Johnson, who was triple covered mm-hmm. and c- coming over the the middle of the field, just sails the ball. And Justin Simmons is just right there for it. Yeah. Easy interception. About the worst start to practice that Russ could have had. And Justin's third interception in a row. He had one on Monday. He had one on Tuesday. He had one today. He's the man. Oh, I mean, he you is. know him more than anyone. I, you've seen him play at very high levels. Yep. You, know, you know everything about Justin. Todd, I think... The way he's playing in camp so far is the best I've ever seen him play. Yeah, I think Justin's having a phenomenal camp. I um, mean, he's a phenomenal player. 
Um, I remember when, you know, TJ was my guy, but they released TJ to yeah. let mm -hmm. Justin play, and everybody was mad. Yeah. And we were all kind of like, I know we love TJ, but this young guy, yeah. he is something special, and I think he's proven it every day out there. He absolutely. <laughs> Maybe you need to be at the GM side. You know, I would do it. If you, if you need me, you know what I'm saying, I'll be there for you. <laughs> Sean, you can just put that in his ear. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that pass, though, I mean, it was rough. It's a big dig really from Brandon Johnson, and it's off play action, I believe. There's only two receivers in routes. Kwan's running underneath. Mm -hmm. You've got Damari kind of behind him. And Brandon has like maybe a half step. Like there's a small window out in front. Because there's no real options, Russ just, it's practice, Five. might as well try to hit that target. And he lobbed it up too high with Justin standing right there. It's a terrible decision. Maybe could have bailed himself out with the throw. Do you think there's anything to the fact that he could be thinking like, you know what, it's practice. Let me try this instead of just throwing it away. Yeah, I think he may be testing the waters um, to see what he can do. I think, you know, after a year like that, you got to recalibrate and find out where you are as a player and find out what I can and can't do because maybe some of the plays I'm not making, I felt like I could make. So let me try some things in practice to see if I still got it or if I could, mm -hmm. you know, fit it into this tight mm -hmm. window. And you make a throw like that, you're like, okay, maybe I don't got it. Maybe <laughs> I should have just tucked it and run. And you kind of learn yourself as training camp goes mm -hmm. on. And I think he's – trying to get his footing back because he definitely doesn't want to have the same performance he had last year. Yeah, yeah. and respond to what someone's saying uh, in the comment section. The ball was thrown like a yard above Brandon Johnson's head. It, mm -hmm. it was it was nowhere close. There's nothing Brandon Johnson could have yeah. done. Russ threw another interception, which we'll get to in a second, but the reason I say that is he threw two interceptions today, mm -hmm. um, and neither of those were the most concerning play of practice from Russ in my mind. Um, there was one play in a team drill where... Russ drops back, defense brings pressure, the pocket stays clean, which we have not seen clean pockets for Russ throughout most of camp, and you're bringing pressure. So I'm thinking, this is Russ's time to mm -hmm. hit that 50-yard deep ball, and he's looking deep, looking deep, and then it must have not been there. I was just focusing on him. So then he looks for the check down, but to look for the check down, I kid you not, he turns his body so where his eyes are looking backward mm. and it was so concerned he because he just looked he looked so lost yeah back there then he ends up throwing a backward pass over garrett bulls's head to a running back that was there and the running back would have been tackled pretty much immediately mm -hmm. but that was so concerning because let's just say the running back slips that's a fumble if it he is. throws that so i that was a play that was like man you don't want to see interceptions but it just seems like russ might just be there might be so much on his plate mm -hmm. right now, which is mm -hmm. understandable. And yep. that can change in another week of practice, in another month of practice. Broncos don't play another game for five more, or a real game for five more weeks. So that's that, that kind of gave me so much concern, but also like, okay, maybe these struggles are because there's just so much on his plate now. There is a lot on his plate. Um, but at the same time, I mean, he's, a, he's an NFL vet for many mm -hmm. years. And I think you know what plays um, are concerning or what plays you don't want to make. Um, so I definitely understand um, him going through a learning curve. But as a veteran quarterback, there's some throws like you just don't make. Maybe, yep. you, maybe you find another way to get out of the pocket, but there's just certain things you don't do. Yeah, oh, and, and that's the thing for Russell. Like for his whole career, a lot of his game was getting out of the pocket. Mm -hmm. And so when you're standing back there and you're looking downfield and nobody's coming open, what do you do? You, you look to the right, you look to the left. Is there any way to get out of here? And he just kind of tied himself up, somehow got his back facing downfield, which is probably something you don't want to do, and makes that decision. You see it and you're like, ah, that 
Just get rid of those. And and you get where last year would be really frustrating with all the sacks he took and all the pressure that was out there. Like, of course, he was going to look panicked at times, but to see him panic during camp, it just, it's a little disheartening. It's mm-hmm. panicking. It's panicking. Seeing Russ yeah, panic. It makes yeah. me panic. panicking. It makes me <laughs> panic. Uh, and, and I kind of know because this is the first, we just wrapped up the first full week of training camp, mm-hmm. and now I'm getting fans starting to say, okay, I'm panicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll give Russ a couple of breaks, but in the past three practices, he has thrown four interceptions. And so the question always is, because especially watching this team over the past many years, typically defenses start hotter in mm-hmm. camp than yeah, offenses sure. because there's just so much for an offense. And so that's not uncommon to see. But at what time, Todd, especially watching offenses uh-huh. that struggle at the beginning and then struggle throughout, at what time are you like, okay, now I'm actually concerned. Now the offense should be doing something. I think right around that first preseason game, okay. it's the performance that the offense has in that preseason game that okay. really tells you uh, whether or not the offense is ready to go. Because the way that they script practice, it depends on how your coach is set up. You may have hard offensive plays versus easy defensive coverage, mm. or you may have the worst def- you know, the way the worst play call for your offense to be running against this defense. So it may he may be putting Russell in the worst situations mm-hmm. possible and seeing how he handles it. Yeah. But you won't know when it's un- until it's unscripted against another team, and you right. got to see how they how it all plays out. And and that's something that Sean said after practice. Not that exactly, but that. You have to remember that a lot of these plays, they're not calling because they're they're, they're not game planning at all. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're right. plays that you wouldn't call if you were playing the Denver defense in a game. They're just things that you have to work on. It just happens to be that you're playing a really good defense that you know you don't want to be throwing posts because Justin Simmons is back there. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be throwing to, to Pat Sertan's side of the field, but you have to practice it, and those guys aren't going anywhere. So another deep breath. Everyone can take a breath because we're, <laughs> we're about halfway there right now. Yep. But yep. It, with camp starting last week, the first preseason game next Friday, which is wild. Yes. Just how quickly this goes. I'm sure as a player, it drags on. Oh, and it on. feels like forever. <laughs> oh, my God. Because most of the time you're staying in a hotel. Yeah. You're not able to see your family. You're getting up at, you know, 530. You're not getting home oh. till. 10 o'clock, then you got to study, then you wake back up and you do it all over again. <laughs> Camp feels like forever. Oh it my feels like gosh, forever. I bet. Did, did, were you always in the hotel? No, did I think there was a couple years with uh, Kubiak and then one with okay. Vance that he let us stay at home, okay. which was okay. love. Oh, it was my love. Gosh. Yeah. I, I can't imagine going through that grind and then not being able to go home mm-hmm. and just be in your own bed, but then also see your family, see yeah. your wife, see your kids and everything like that, that'd just be brutal. Yeah, and we were in like a raggedy hotel when we stayed in a hotel too. Huh. Like cockroaches yeah. in the <laughs> no. tubs and stuff. No. It was it was grimy when oh. we had to do it, but oh. you got you had to live with it when it was when when you were doing it. Maybe that Walmart oh. money with that the Broncos Oh, I think they definitely have a better spot now. <laughs> yeah. I think they're yes. doing good now. Yes, they definitely are. Um, okay, so let, let's take, let's just read through the rest of what happened. So, another team period. Um, the Broncos because when, when the offense actually had the most success, Russ would have taken a sack. So the, the Broncos started the 24 going in. So mm-hmm. almost red zone period. We were joking. Is this Sean saying, can the Broncos even get into the red zone four <laughs> yards out? And they did. Um, so Russ would have been sacked. Then they put the ball at the 20. Maybe a sack, Hank. I think you actually thought it would have been a sack. But because they let, they, they let quarterbacks get away with it mm-hmm. in, in training camp, Russ rolls out. Play action, so key, 
rolling. He was moving. He mm -hmm. was on the run. Finds Cortland Sutton pretty wide open, 10, 12 yards down the field, delivers the ball. Uh, that was his best throw of practice. And in reality, this was all about um, th this was all about Sean Payton. Sean Payton, great play design to allow Cortland Sutton to just be wide open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there was some pressure inside. It was Zach Allen, of course. He gets pressure every day. And I think he gets out of the pocket in a real game, but P.J. Mustafer's out there too. And so I, he probably would have gotten the pass off, but Mustafer would have just blown him up if it was a game. And so you're probably not putting that pass on target. P.J. Mustafer, by the way, he's a big rookie defensive tackle. Yeah. Keep your eye on him because mm -hmm. the Broncos are already showing you what they think of him. We're talking about him playing with the first group right now. Yep. And this is an undrafted guy. He is huge. So keep your eye on him, especially in the preseason. There's a special place in my heart for those D-linemen. Yeah. Man, I love those big boys up front, keeping me clean, allowing yep. me to make plays. Yep. And he looks like he's going to have a good good season, yeah. good career for sure. Yeah, I mean, those guys helped you be a three-time leading tackler Absolutely. for this Absolutely, I love team. those. Shout out to Derek Wolf, my boy, you know, for keeping <laughs> yeah. me clean. Man, I mean, Vaughn gives Derek so much love. Uh -huh. I mean, I think Vaughn credits Derek for like half his sacks because of how he was able to set him up. Yep, his you, team. You, you want to credit Derek oh, for sure, for sure. Tackles? One of my my one of my pick sixes, he tipped the ball at the line of scrimmage. Like that's half the tackles. I mean, that's tough, but <laughs> definitely Derek. I think I think I wouldn't um, have had the career I had without D Wolf. I know he was a phenomenal player in front of me, and like I said, that pick six to the house without that tip ball, I wouldn't have had it. So that's my guy. He knows it. I love him, and uh, I'm grateful for was, sure. Was that the Cardinals game? That was. Yeah, was Thursday that, was night. Was that we're going to beat their ass game? Exactly. <laughs> and we sure did. <laughs> Man, I mean, and you you guys knew that was coming. Uh -huh. you, you knew Vaughn was going to say that, right? Because yeah. he said, I just want to make sure with the guys that I come out and say we're going to beat their ass. Yep. And you guys beat their ass. Hell I mean, yeah. 40 to 10, something like that. It was, yeah, it was a murder scene. Yeah. <laughs> <It> really <laughs> I think was. there was like, I, I had a pick six. Chris had a pick six. Yeah. Um, I think Emmanuel threw for yeah, a touchdown. Threw, oh, like, that's right. It was yeah. a great game. It was lights out. Yeah. Man, we're hoping for some of those this year. Um, so, and then Russ, in two different times in that team period, he ran the ball. One for like five yards. Another one would have been 10 yards. And again, where he's finding success in this entire camp. Really, the only time he's had success is outside of the throw to Cortland yesterday is when he's moving and running with mm -hmm. the ball. So it was good to see that the Broncos ended that period by Kwan Williams coming on a blitz, and he, he batted down a ball at the line. Broncos didn't get a touchdown, but there was signs of, of life mm -hmm. from the yeah. Broncos' offense because when they ended practice and did a red zone period from, I think the ball was at like the seven-yard line, there was no signs of life. Mm -hmm. No, that was rough. I mean, that's that's where you had a couple of drops. Um, Sutton, I couldn't really tell because this is when we were moving down toward like where the interviews are. So we don't have the same view for this as we do the rest of practice. Mm -hmm. But it looked like it might have been Kareem who, who had some sort of contest from behind him. But just some sort of like little hook or maybe like a slant where he stopped. And Russ threw a laser yeah. into mm -hmm. it, tried to fit it within the coverage. And, and yeah, it, I couldn't tell if, if Cortland mm -hmm. dropped it or if Kareem got his hand on it. It looked like he got both hands on it. Cor Cortland did. Yeah. Then the next play is the little quick out route to Jerry. And again, it's a laser. It was a little bit behind him. It was a little bit high. Jerry also got both hands on it, but couldn't hold on. Uh, the killer about this one was Jerry, a phenomenal route runner, mm -hmm. did his thing uh, out of the break which just left him wide open. Yep. Yep. He's wide open pretty much at the goal line. And Russ, like you said, Henry, 
put 99% power on this pass when and he didn't have to. Oh, yep. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes you do, mm -hmm. but other times just floated up there would have been an easy touchdown. We're talking about a much different day for us mm -hmm. if that's the case, but instead he lasers it. Not the most accurate pass would have been a really tough catch. So I don't know, don't really know who to put that one on, but mm -hmm. wasn't complete. And then the very last throw of practice from Russ Interception to Kwan Williams. I mean, you mentioned yeah. him earlier, and Kwan's yeah. just continuing to yep. show up. Um, Russ tried to fit it kind of in the middle of the field. Two defenders there. In fact, Kwan caught it and was just slammed by another defender. So really underwhelming day from Russell Wilson today. It was, and there've been a bunch of those. I, 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 I still don't get too worked up about it. Mm -hmm. it. It seems like that's just a thing that kind of happens in practice. Because the truth is, if he went out there and just tore the defense apart for all two, two and a half weeks of camp. It would have been exciting. I would have felt a little better, but at the same time, I just want to see what he does in games. Yeah. Like, I think he's a gamer. I think Sean Payton's... That's what I thought last year, though. Definitely, yeah. but at least now you have Sean, and Sean's a game player. Yeah. And so that's where he gets to pick his matchups. He gets to put him in the best situation. Right now, you're just kind of running plays. Yeah, but I will say, I've been around some great quarterbacks, you know, Drew Brees, mm -hmm. Peyton Manning. Yes, you have. That's um, a good list. <laughs> played for some good, first, <laughs> my guy, Montana. <laughs> I, played for some, I played with some good quarterbacks. I can't say, like, you know, we play in P, Peyton. We, like, a pick a day, we're we're happy. Like, oh, the defense yeah. is happy. You get yeah. a pick, uh, yeah. like, that's it. You're having a good day. Um, you know, we can care less about the rest of practice. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. remember days of him throwing multiple picks huh. or having, like, really off days. Um, yeah, I feel like he was on point for most of the time. So oh. it is kind of concerning. Um, like I said, I do want to wait into that first preseason game to make any mm -hmm. judgments, but it is concerning this many picks, you know, in practice. Concerned, but not panic button. Yes, I would yeah. say that for yeah. sure. Yeah. If you were a coach, how much would you play your starters in the preseason? You know, I like the, I like the old preseason setup where we kind of, we play, you know, one quarter, the first game. Yep. Uh, maybe like 10 plays the first game, one quarter the second game, and then one half the third game, and then mm -hmm. rest the fourth game. I think that's the best way to do it. That mm -hmm. way you get a full half of football to really judge people on and judge your players. So I think you got to play them um, to see what guys are made of and also get that conditioning. It's a different kind of conditioning in the game versus practice. So it's good to see how guys react mm -hmm. on a seven-play drive, and now you got to make a stop. How do guys respond, and are we able to get that stop, and are we able to make that oh. play? Interesting, because last year they didn't play him at all. It sounds mm -hmm. like Sean Payton's probably going to at least oh, give him some yeah. sort of run. I guess we'll find out what fr next Friday night. Yep, mm -hmm. next Friday, Friday night, night, eight o'clock, the Cardinals. Yep. Hopefully we get to see him. Friday, I don't think I could wait much longer. Friday night lights. Uh, Todd, <laughs> the people really want to talk to you, give you the love that you deserve, and <laughs> we had some. We had so many people with comments earlier, and one of the comments that I saw on Twitter was, "Man, Todd's going to bring great insight. Such a good dude." And such great style. Uh -oh. and I can tell right now. Look at the style that Todd's got. And we need to hook. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. We need to hook him up with some shady rays to complete uh -huh. that style. Yeah. The sunglasses. If you use the code DNVR, you're going to get 50% off over at Shady Rays when you buy two or more pairs of sunglasses. You want to look styling like Todd? Get some shady rays. Go to shadyrays.com. Use that code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of sunglasses over. 250,000 five-star reviews online. So check them out. Shady Rage, use that code DNBR. Breckenridge Brewery. And Breckenridge Brewery. Um, <laughs> Caught you off guard. Oh, we've got a new beer of the month down at the bar. Mm. I'm not sure what it is. Does anybody know what the beer of the month is? 
Okay, well, you better hurry because this is going to last like 30 seconds. She could have made that up. She could have made it up. <laughs> Bronco. Bro- Fitting. She made that up. Oh. She made that up. Uh, whatever it is, it's got to be a good beer because it's from Brackenridge Brewery. Um, if you go to the beer locator at Breck. Oh, it's the Mountain oh. Beach. Mm. Oh, yeah, because it's it was Palisade Peach last month. That's right. Yep. That's a good one. That's a good one. So all of August, there's a discount. I think 25% off the Mountain Beach from Breckenridge Brewery. But if you're not near us, you're not coming to the bar, which you definitely should on Friday for that preseason game. For sure. Um, we, do we have a live show that day, we too? We do. We yeah. do. So we'll be live from down below before that preseason game. Um, or after? Friday Night Lights before. Before. Mm-hmm. Doing okay. a pregame show. Okay. Uh, so come down for that. Drink some Mountain Beaches, but also use that beer locator because Breckenridge Brewery has beers all across the country, probably near you. So whatever you want to try, maybe Strawberry Sky, you can you can find through that beer locator, breckbrew.com. All right. Before we talk to the people, Todd, you've got a really cool weekend coming up. Why don't you tell us what you're doing? Uh, so this weekend, I'm headed out. Uh, one of my good friends, Demarcus Ware, is getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Damn, good so friend, Demarcus Ware. Yes, Pretty big flex. Yes, I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there celebrating with him. He he deserves it. Um, he's an incredible, uh, not only football player, but man. Uh, so I'm happy to see him going to the Hall of Fame. He earns it. You know what's lined up, like what your weekend looks like? Because are you flying out there tomorrow? No, I'm actually fly, flying out there uh, Friday morning. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then I'm sure there's a lot of parties and, of course, then the induction on Saturday. Yeah, I think there's some parties. Uh, we have some events, um, some, like, Hall of Fame uh, guided tours and stuff like that. Um, but I'm more I'm more excited for the parties and <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely his Hall of Fame induction speech. I think that will be fun. Man, do, I've do, heard do, those parties are awesome. Yeah, I'll let you know what happens. <laughs> yeah, so, I'll let you know some things that happen. Fair, I'll play like fair. That. <laughs> we'll, we'll be ready for some stories you can tell on Monday. Okay, for sure. Do you think he'll cry during his speech? Um, I think it's only right. I think okay. I think it feels right, like a, a Hall of Fame. I didn't cry when I got married, but if I was going to Hall of Fame, I might cry. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like it's a it would be a good time. It's it's worth the tears for okay. sure. Yeah. What's your favorite memory of Demarcus? Um. <clears throat> Really, I think it was just the way that he was a leader on the team. I think a lot of guys, uh, myself, I would say even Vaughn, um, a, a lot of guys learned how to be leaders from watching DeMarcus Ware. Mm-hmm. He never stopped. Uh, he never missed the opportunity to pull a player aside and teach him something that he needed to know right then. He didn't wait. Um, he wanted to impart as much um, wisdom as he could on guys, and I feel like I tried to adapt that. I don't think I did as good of a job as he did, um, but I learned a lot from him as far as being a leader, for sure. Was there kind of, uh, for that Super Bowl 50 team, specifically on the defensive side, uh, kind of a win this for DeMarcus? Because obviously Peyton had already won one, um, and Vaughn just playing out of his mind, of course, but mm-hmm. DeMarcus, being that veteran, the guy that everyone looked up for, did it feel extra special to get that one for him? It did because he had such a good career, and he was already a Hall of Famer by then. Yeah. Um, the last thing he needed to check off was the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and so it felt good to let be a part of him getting one, um, and we got it for him and for P and um, – for everybody, man, it was a, it was a great team effort, but it was it was a great it was a great great night, really. Speaking of that night, what do you do with your Super Bowl ring? 
you know, I keep it locked up. Yeah. Um, I won't tell everybody where because <laughs> I don't want anybody searching for it. But um, I keep it pretty locked up. But I wear it for special occasions. I'm definitely going to bring it to the yeah. Hall of Fame yeah. induction. Yeah. It's definitely going to be worn then. I can't forget. That's probably the first thing I pack. Like, before any clothes, like, I'm packing the Super Bowl ring for sure. Oh, man. I mean, it, it, you, you have to bring the that sort of jewelry with you for that weekend. Yeah, that's a must. That's a must. I think everybody that's going, all my teammates will be sporting it. Um, and it's always good to reconnect, oh, and we'll, I'm sure we're gonna have a great time for man, sure. Man, that's gonna be so cool! A little Super Bowl Fifty reunion there. For sure, man, for sure. that is awesome. And let's let the people talk to Todd because I know so many people want to say hello. Let's hit the super chats. Jimmy Wood coming in says, "Can we see Todd tackle the Chiefs okay. loving Hank?" So <laughs> this is something that that's... you're gonna quickly find out about as you are right now, Henry. I guess to be fair. Henry has a little too much, too much respect for the Chiefs. Mm. I people say I love the Chiefs. I fear the Chiefs. It's different. It's no, been, what, no, we don't 15, fear anybody. There Fifteen we go. in we a row. Anybody. Fifteen in a row. That's a lot, but at any on any given Sunday, you know, I feel like we're, we're we've been knocking on the door for so long. It's yeah. time for us to get a win, and I'm, it's time to knock them boys off. I'm sick of seeing oh, them up there. I love that. I love. And Todd, you were actually on the last team that beat the Chiefs. Yeah. yeah. How crazy is that? That is crazy. I, that's that's crazy because it's been so many close games since then. Yep, it's true. Like three points are just down to the wire. Like there's been so many times that even when I played, I think I lost to them maybe the last two times, uh, the first two times we started that streak, um, and I felt like we could have won both of those games. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. So you think it happens this year? You think they break the streak? You know, if Sean Payton and Russell Wilson can get on the same team and they can run, have, you know, think with the same brain, one yep. on the left, one on the right, I think we'll get the win. Okay. okay. There we go. There we go. Henry went so far in this fear yesterday that he actually made a bet that the Broncos are going to get swept by the Chiefs. Wow. And he took that they go 0-2. It's just the truth. I think the Broncos are going to have a great season. I think they're going to win 9 or 10 games. Yes. I just don't think it's going to be one of those. who Like, if I'm going through and picking the hardest games, those are the two hardest by such a wide margin. They've lost 15 in a row. Like, I'm just at the point where I'm going to pick the Chiefs until I'm wrong. And that just feels like the safer option than picking the Broncos <laughs> until I'm wrong. I think that... That's the wrong decision. There we go. <laughs> but then also, also, I feel like there's so many close games. Even last year when we yeah. weren't playing our best and, you know, our yeah. quarterback wasn't having the best season. Like, we're one play away sometimes yep. from yep. even beating the, beating the Chiefs. I think if Rush just has a, a good season yep. and has a good game, the defense is good enough, um, you know, to hold them to, you know, like 21 points. If you yep. can hold the... The, uh, the Chiefs are torn on points. You have a really good chance of winning. And so I think our defense can do that. Yep, I, I, like I completely agree. Um, all right. Also, the second part of the tackle thing, that's because of me and Alex have our Alex little rivalry. Okay, yeah, okay. Because of the Montana-Montana State thing. And he, he threatened me. But, uh, you know, it hasn't happened yet, so we feel good. So if anything, I hope you're on my side. Like, there's no reason for you to also be coming at me. But he's not a, Todd's not a fullback. He's not going to block an inside. Uh He's going to be an inside linebacker coming with Alex. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You're going to be. I do hate Montana. That is also (laughs) true. So I understand. I understand why he wants to tackle you. you What about Montana State, too, though? Yeah, but they don't cheat as much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think Montana is the school that gets all the love in Montana, no matter what. Yeah. I think they use it to their advantage, for sure. I love this. And the crazy thing is, like, I bring up Montana once or twice a week, maybe. 
and and nobody knows enough to call out things like very the, true. the scandals from the past. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time anybody's able to like been able to push back on yep. that. Yeah. Yep. Now yeah. I know they're cheaters. Now I'm never giving you uh, any support. With it's been that. like a decade. They've been clean. <laughs> um, Andre, that one guy coming in says, "I love the show, guys. Ryan must be twerking, not working, and Hank admires the Chiefs too too much. He deserves to get there tackled. Wow, two for two on." Yeah. Uh, Hank getting tackled comments. Really feeding off each other. And just to give people an idea of of where the show's going now, obviously we made the yes. big announcement that Alexis Perry uh, is with us for camp. She's going to be hopping on the show with us as well. James Palmer, obviously, mm-hmm. been a contributor. He's going to stay in that role. And Ryan's not leaving our show. No. Mm-hmm. D- d- don't worry. He's going to be on with us uh, a- as well. So I know a lot of people ask about that, so just wanted to throw that out. Uh, next one coming in from DeGreat Browse says... Judy and PS2 are going to be pro bowlers. Todd, mm. miss you on the field and beating every running back. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think this is their year. Um, I think I have I saw uh, Judy and PS2 recently, and they look like they're ready to go. Um, and just speaking with them, they're in the right mental space to have the pro bowl season. Um, and Jerry, I think he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL when he can get the ball in his hands. The way that he's able to create uh, separation, I don't know many wide receivers who run better routes than him. He's a really great route runner. We just need the ball to be on target, let it, let him get in his hands, I think he'll do the rest. And then PS2, he's locked down. I think you don't have to worry about that side of the field. You might as well just, from the hashes over, they should just <laughs> red tape that whole field. Don't even let anybody go over there. So he got it. You played yeah. with some damn good, maybe Hall of Fame cornerbacks as well, Chris. Um, and Akib, uh-huh. how much does it help a defense when not not having two of them? When you have one lockdown guy, that's a, that's a big help because um, you know you play with eleven players, but when you don't have or when you have a dominant cornerback, that other safety can really help out the rest of the team so much. Like there was times where I might need some help on a on a tight end or two. I bring <laughs> Justin over, so you know we don't have to worry about that other side of the field because right. Akeem's there right. um, or Chris is there. You know, come help me out or come out, <laughs> yeah. come help somebody else out because that side of the field is locked down. So it really shuts down the whole side of the field um, and allows more players to assist and um, make it easier on everybody else. Speaking of Pat, did you see his leg pad? His mm-hmm. thigh pad yesterday that mm-hmm. was circulating around the internet, yeah. where it's a plate. He has the PlayStation controller that's kind of uh, it's it's art on the thigh pad. Yep. Did you ever have that? Did you ever have anything cool on your thigh pad? Not that cool. I had fifty one. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. That was cool. I had my number, um, but I never had like my you know my my oh, logo bam, bam. or my or my bam bam <laughs> yeah. or when I went to Area fifty one I didn't really have like I should have had like an alien like right. or something right there. Yeah. That would have been cool. Through. Yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> Next one coming in. Oh, yep. And there, there's the uh, the thigh pad right there that Pat had. Wow. So cool. And I honestly, I haven't, I didn't know that people were were doing that a couple of years ago. I thought mm-hmm. it was fairly new, but we're gonna have to keep our eyes out for that. And also, Pat, I didn't get a picture of it, but he was wearing a PlayStation con- uh, controller shoes as well. That's cool. I mean, cool. he's all decked out. He's embracing it. Yeah, he's playing PS2. Yeah, PS2. Vincent Randolph chiming in and says, live and fulsome right outside Sacramento State. Stringers up. I think yes. that was live. Oh, live and Folsom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, stingers, you. stingers wow, up. Wow, that was a tough one for me. Stingers up? Yep, stingers up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so Sacramento State's in Folsom? 
Yeah, we're in Sacktown, okay. which is Sacramento, but Folsom's mm-hmm. right there, like the closest city to okay. it. Yeah. Okay. See, I read it being living and being born and raised in Colorado. I read it as Folsom Field, um. <laughs> like up in Boulder. That's why, I would, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but now I know. So Sacktown. Yep, Sacktown. Love, love it. And last super chat coming in from our guy James Richard says, just joined, could be off topic. Did you notice last year's Denver's or defense was on the field more than other defenses in the NFL and was still able to do what they did 13th place, unaware of total IRD starters? How tough is it on a defense when you're on the field just constantly because of three and outs, because of turnovers from your offense? It's sickening. Like, there will be times um, toward the latter part of my career where we would get a good stop, we get to the – to the sideline before we can put our head helmets down we got to go back on the field like it shuts down all the momentum all the drive all the energy energy that you just had from getting a big stop to go right back on the field and i feel like nine times out of ten when that happens the opposing offense usually scores or they make a big play because now you know we're down in the dumps we're frustrated because we really should be in a good opportunity for our team and we got pushed right back into a bad one Man, and Vance, when we would talk to him at the podium um, and say, like, what do you need in order to succeed? He, he would just constantly point to, we just need to get a lead. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it sounds so simple at first. It's like, well, of course, every coach probably wants a lead. But mm-hmm. it's because then your defense isn't going to have so much pressure on it. And you're going to be able to let your, your uh, pass rushers just be able to pin their ears back. And then you're not going to have to worry as much about uh, the defense having to be on the field all the time either. Yeah, I mean, when we played, uh, when we got a lead, I felt like really the game was over. I mean, mm. when you tell uh, DeMarcus Ware, Von Miller, and Derek Wolf just let your hair back and yeah. run after the quarterback, I don't think anybody's going to, you know, fare well against that that front. Mm-hmm. But when guys have to, you know, stay in their gap and they can't rush up field, that's when teams can kind of, like, pick and choose and have better success. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he, he brought up in the in the comment but the the Cowboys were the only team that had to defend more drives last year than the Broncos. I think they were at 193 and the Broncos were at 192. That's just so much. That's so much. That's being on the field so long. And you're so tired, you know? <laughs> Football is a grueling game. I mean, at least we could be 50-50. At least, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> yep. hold up your end of the deal. If they get 50-50 this year, they're going to win a lot of games. I think so. Man, if they can do that, yeah, this will be the first winning season since 2016. And maybe yeah. the first playoff team since 2015. I feel like it goes by so fast. Yeah, I know. Seriously. And, and I feel like we've been in the dumps for so long. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. It's time to turn this thing around, man. We want to see the Broncos do well. Maybe oh. the trend will be the next time the Broncos make the playoffs, they win the Super Bowl. Because the last time they made the playoffs, won the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And like then our first year with a new head coach, we won the Super Bowl, yep. right? Yep. I mean, exactly. I'm not yeah. saying yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? You never know. <laughs> you never know. Todd, that's what we were telling ourselves last year because three years ago, the Tampa Bay Bucks won the Super Bowl in Tom Brady's first year. Uh-huh. Then two years ago, the uh, Rams won the Super Bowl in Matthew Stafford's first year. So mm. last year, we we're like, here this we go. Bus first year with the team. Yep. It's going to be a Super Bowl. He says, psych. Very Next year. <laughs> so instead of sticking with the national trend, let's just stick with the Broncos trend. Yeah, I think uh, that first works. Time, first time coach, Super Bowl. I like yeah. that. I like that. And in the comment section on the website, Todd, we got a lot of people giving you love. I'm not going to read them all right now because they're all just giving you love. But KW7, Frazier008, giving you love. We also have Nash Bronco, Arvada Luke, Denver Rivals, Bronc Oilers. You'll get to know all these people, and we'll get to all of their comments. But they're all giving you love. Todd, we are so happy 
that you're mm-hmm. part of this podcast moving forward and show and community just because of everything you bring. And then, like I said as well, just an absolutely very down-to-earth human being. And uh, just to give everyone a little preview of what's coming up, Todd's busy these next couple of days as he's <laughs> going to be with his good friend, DeMarcus Ware, celebrating his enshrinement into Canton. Henry and I, this podcast will take tomorrow off because tomorrow the Broncos have a practice, but it's not open to fans, which means we can't say anything about it with Sean Payton's rules. So it doesn't make sense to yep. tell, us, tell, tell you about practice that we can't talk about. We'll be back on Friday and Saturday. And then the three of us will be back here next Monday. We can't wait for this new era of not only Broncos football, but the DNVR Broncos podcast. Todd, it's so pumped Yeah, thank you for having me. It's going to be great. Don't miss it. You won't want to miss it. I'll probably have some stories, one or two to tell oh, from this baby. weekend. So yes. it'll be fun. Oh, we cannot wait to hear about it. Have the best time celebrating with DeMarcus Ware. And we'll see you guys on Friday. Thanks so much for tuning in.